0: I think I'm going to go through a series of sermons uh, talking about the battle that we're fighting with ourselves and with our enemy and how to win that battle. Uh, Last Friday I had a real bad day. I felt like the devil got after me, but it was Keegan getting after me. And I let my flesh get the better of myself, and uh, these verses came to mind, and it reminds me of how my life, the life I live and how hard it is to live a Christian life and even being a preacher and I try to, I try to behave as best as I can because I know there's so many people who watch me closer than other people even, you know, at work or in my family or wherever it might be and I try to carry myself and boy, there's this times though where I just flat, I just cut loose and the old man comes out and it's not good, brothers and sisters, it's not good at all and it, it, it reminds me that I'm in a war. And you're in a war. And sometimes I get lazy, uh, I get kind of lazy about it. I, I get to where I'm not, I don't realize that. And I, I get to where I forget that I'm in a war. And I get to thinking I'm living in, in, in peacetime. But there's no peace for a Christian right now. Not like, not the kind of peace that the world thinks of. This is the, the Lord can give us peace that passes understanding. But as far as the battle, there's no peace in this battle. There's no, the, the devil doesn't ever let up. Your enemy never lets up and I want to show you there in, in Romans chapter 7 verse 14 but before we get going uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer now dear heavenly father Lord I can do nothing without you and father I just pray that you fill me with your holy Spirit Lord God that the words I preach will be yours not mine father it won't be some philosophy or some kind of idea Lord God it'll be your words it'll be thus saith the Lord and father we thank you for your words that we can study them Lord God and we've got our plan of action we Take this book, Lord, and we can study it and find out how we can live a better life, Lord. And, Father, I ask you to bless every soul underneath the sound of my voice, Father. I ask you to bless them. Father, honor that they came into your house, Lord God. They made an effort. Some of them made a long effort, Lord, to come a long way, Lord. Now, Father, I just pray that you'll feed them. Speak to the heart the truth, Lord God. Father, I ask you to build, your, build a hedge of protection around every soul in this uh, room, Lord God, that uh, and their heart, Father, that the devil can't come in and take that seed, Lord. And, Father, I just pray, Lord, that you'll... Get the honor and glory through Jesus Christ. And we thank you so much for him and the salvation we have in Jesus Christ. I'm praying all this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Verse 14. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. For that which I do, I allow not. For what I would, that do I not. But what I hate, that do I. Now that's me right there. And what Paul's saying is, there's no that thing, you want to do those good things in your life, and that's exactly what you don't do. And that thing you know you shouldn't be doing, that thing that you hate about yourself, that's exactly what you turn around and do. Amen, that's what he's saying right there. But what I hate, that do I. If then I do that which I would not, I consent unto the law that it is good. See, what you're showing when you admit that you're doing wrong is you're showing that the law that God gave us of how to live, those commandments that Jesus Christ gave us, they're good. And you're confirming that by recognizing that you're bad and what you're doing is not right. You're confirming that that rule that God has laid out for you, those rules, those laws that Jesus Christ has given us to live by, that they are a good thing. And you're you're confirming that by admitting that you're not doing them. Verse 17, Now then it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. And what Paul's acknowledging here is that everybody underneath the sound of my voice is living in sin. They have sin in their blood that runs through them thanks to their, their dad and thanks to our great-great-great-granddad, a, 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 a generation's back named Adam. And in Romans chapter 5, verse 12 Paul writes, Wherefore, as by one man, that be Adam, sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. So Paul confirms that it's because Adam sinned, and he gave that sinful blood to his son, and his son gave it to his son, and on and on and on, and your dad had it in him, and your dad gave it to you. And that's why you're a sinner, and that's why Jesus Christ wasn't a sinner. Because his dad wasn't of adam his dad was a heavenly father his dad came in and placed that seed in mary therefore he can be the son of god and the son of man born of flesh but of god manifest in the flesh so he has that sinless blood running through him that's why it's so important jesus christ to be born of a virgin none of mary's blood touched jesus christ that's what that placenta is for That's what a doctor will tell you. None of that blood passes. You get your blood from your dad, that seed, and that seed did not come from Mary. It came from God the Father. But we're not talking about that. We're talking about us this morning. And we're talking about that we have sin in us. Verse 18, For I know that in me, that is, in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. We need to recognize that. We need to recognize that what dwells in us, that's in this flesh, there dwells no good thing. And we forget that, and we tend to trust our flesh, and we mess up. Amen. I mess up. And I admit that there's times that I... I tend to get cocky, and I start thinking, well, I think I've got this figured out, and I, I'm, I'm starting to live a pretty good life, and I'm thinking I'm getting myself cleaned up, and then the flesh comes up and says, No, you're not, and just shoves it right in my face. You know. For verse 18, the middle of verse 18, for to, dwell, for to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. Paul says, I have a will to do those things that are good, but how to do those things that are good, I don't know how to do. Them. And that's us. And there's so many of us just that wants to live a better life, that want to live a better Christian life. And we have that will, we have that desire, but we just keep falling and slipping and tripping and we keep falling and we're not living the life that we want to live. We don't know how to perform it. For the good that I would, I do not. Verse 19. For the good that I would, I do not. But the evil which I would not, that I do. That's me, brothers and sisters. For there's good that I would do, I do not. There's some good things that I want to do, and I don't do them. And then it comes to the point in my life where I look back, and I look at different days in my life, and I look back, like especially last week, and I see at the end of last week that I was doing things that were evil. Evil communication was coming out of my my mouth, and man, that was so easy to do. It was so easy just to slip up and mess up and do all that. Amen. See, what we forget is that the flesh has no faith. The flesh has no faith. The, f- the flesh Flesh has no faith. Our flesh is run by emotions. Amen. It's all about, our flesh is all about, does it feel good? Does it make me feel happy? Does it make me feel satisfied? Does it, does it tickle my Insides. Does it tickle my ear? Does it make my mouth water? Does it smell good? Does it hear good? Does it taste good? The flesh is all about emotions. And how does it emotionally make me feel? Does it bring me to an emotional state? And the spiritual life is not about emotions. There's a spiritual thing. You can't put an emotion on that. Peace is not an emotion. Peace is something that God gives you. And it's something you can't, it's not an emotion. Uh, Happiness and joy and anger and wrath, those are all emotions and that's all fleshly things. But the spiritual walk that we want to have as Christians, that's given to us by God through the Holy Spirit. And it's not a a fleshly thing. And the flesh has no faith. It can't have faith because the flesh is all about, let me see it, let me taste it, let me hear it, let me feel it. And that's not what God wants us to do. We're supposed to be walking by sight, not by faith. See what a man does, verse 13, For the good that I would, I do not, but the evil which I would not, that I do. An unsaved man tries to justify his sins. An unsaved man tries to justify his, his sins where a saved man knows it's wrong and he agrees with God And and he strives not to sin. See, in verse 19, Paul's admitting that there's some things he's doing that he's not supposed to do. For the good that I would, I do not. It's so hard talking to people, just getting the people to admit that they're wrong. That they do bad things. That they're not doing things they should do. Nobody wants to hear that. And I know y'all don't want to hear that. Nobody wants to hear that, hey, you're not doing it right. Nobody wants to hear that. But then you take it to another level and say, you're not only not doing the right things, you're doing evil things. That's a double whammy. No, but every unsaved man justifies why they're doing that. Well, I was raised that way. Or I was taught to do that. Or I, 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 I... I just can't help myself. And that we always justify and the unsaved man and even a saved Christian sometimes can justify why they're living in sin, why they're doing that. And Paul is saying here that, hey, he recognizes that there's good that I would, I do not, but the evil which I would not, that I do. There's something that's there. where, Je- You know Jesus Christ, when he was walking with his disciples, he's talking about, he said, if ye, Jesus Christ said in Matthew chapter 7, verse 11, he said, if ye being evil, Know how to give good things to your children. Yeah, Jesus called us evil. His disciples, <laughs> if you being evil, he knows what's in man. The Bible says, Jesus Christ knows what's in the heart of man. Yeah. You know what's in the heart of man? Paul said it right there in verse 18, "For I know that in my flesh that is in my fl- that I know that in me that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing." Amen. Okay, guys, what we're getting to is this real great truth and we're about to read it, is that you're in a war. And you need to recognize that you're in a war with yourself, with the flesh. Look at verse 20. Now, if I do that, I would not. It is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. So Paul recognizes something. Paul says, you know what? I realize that if I have a will to do something and I can't do it, there is something wrong with me in my flesh, there's something wrong with me. It's not my mama raised me this way or my daddy beat me or somebody bullied me in high school or somebody said a dirty word to me or somebody shoved some drug in front of my face and I did it. The problem is I made the decision, I personally did that and I'm taking responsibility for that. It's about me not doing what I'm supposed to do. In other words, there comes a time in your life, Christian, well, you need to look at yourself in the mirror and say, you're the problem. You're the problem. And look at yourself in the mirror and say, you need to straighten up. Amen. You know what? That's, we were studying that Wednesday nights about fasting and how important it is to fast. In the Old Testament, God commanded them to fast at that Day of Atonement. And we talked about fasting, and me and Brother Raymond were talking about it. But you understand what fasting is. What fasting simply is, to simply put it, is you're telling your belly... No, I'm hungry, I'm hungry, I'm hungry. I don't care. No, I'm not feeding you. No, and you're bringing this flesh under subjection. There's a battle going on, guys, in your flesh. And it starts when God walks in there. When Jesus Christ gets in you, that's when the battle starts. That's when the war starts. Look, verse 21. I find then a law, here's a, here's a law right here, you need a, this is a law, that when I would do good, evil is present with me, you realize that when you come into church, you're doing something good, you're singing songs to Jesus Christ, you're doing something good, but that evil has walked in here with you, that's right, that's what people say, I can't believe the preacher would do something like that. I can't believe the song leader or the piano player would run off with the preacher. Well, I sure believe it. Because see, that song, that same uh, piano player, it wasn't, but two years ago, she was in the bars doing the same thing, you know. And and she's living that life, and now she's in here. And if she's not close, if she's not close to the Lord and living for the Lord and letting Jesus Christ work in her, she could fall and run off with the preacher. Wasn't it, Carolyn, wasn't it, you, the, the youth leader ran off with one of the students, one of the, his wife, well, the youth leader's wife ran off with one of the, off with, ran off with one of the youth. Oh, my gosh, that's horrible. Well, the, the teachers run off with the kids all the time. We read about it almost weekly, right? Some teachers mess around with some little student. It happens all the time. And it happens here in church because the flesh is still here and in, in here with us. We've carried it in here with it. We might have the Holy Spirit living in us, but He's living in a sinful tabernacle. He's living in a flesh that's no good. And we need to recognize that. And that whenever you go and do something good, you got evil walking down there with you. you got to watch that stuff. Verse 22, For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. That new man that Jesus Christ created in Paul, that He created in me and you, That new man, he delights when we do something good. You delight in church. You delight in hearing preaching. You delight in reading your Bible. But that's not the flesh that delights in that. That's the inward man. That's that new man in Jesus Christ. So you get confused because you're saying, "Well, I like some of the good. The, I feel good about some of the good stuff, but then my f- I still want to go over here and do that. Yeah, that's your flesh. Your flesh still wants over here and come over here and do all the evil stuff. But the new man in you, the born again Christian in you, it dwells. It wants it. It wants all this good stuff that God wants it to have. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man, verse 23. But I see another law. Okay, here's the second law, guys." I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity and to the, to the law of sin which is in my members. You're at war. And that's what I want to preach on. I want to preach on through this series of sermons. I want to preach on that war that you're battling and how to win that war. Because well, you can get the victory. Look, Verse 24. Oh, wretched man that I am. Let's just stop there. When's the last time you admitted that you're wretched? Right now. Amen. You know, I, I remember, what, this drives me. I, I, I know I'm funny about weird stuff, but I hear these preachers on TV. I've seen them, on, and I've seen them say, okay, everybody, repeat after me. I am good. All yeah. right. I love me, and I've heard. Oh, you say it. All of us say it together. I love me, you know. And I just want to ah, just puke, you know. Turn to your neighbor and say, "I love you," you know. And it, I want to hear him say, "I am wretched." Amen. Let's all say it together. I, I am, am wretched. wretched. Amen. Praise the Lord. I, I'm in a church that can do that. It's hard. It's hard to admit that you're wretched. What O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? Well, we know who it is. Verse 25, I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. Hey guys, so you got a war going on. And thanks to the Lord Jesus Christ, you're going to get the victory in the end. But you can get the victory right now because you're in the war. So going back up, going back up there to verse 23. But I see another law in my members warring. So this is what I want to preach about. This is what this whole series of sermons is going to be about. It's going to be that you're at war. And you got three first steps. There's three steps. There's three first steps you need to take. With this war, the first step you need to do is a real simple one. You need to recognize that you are at war. Amen. I know that's, that's kind of obvious, but that's, that's not happening with some people in a Christian walk. They think it's peacetime. We got Christians walking around here like they're, they're, they're not at war. And they forget, I'm at war. <laughs> and, and the Bible's real adamant about, you're a soldier of Christ. It, it, the, the Bible talks about Christianity as not being, uh, you're not walking around picking flowers. You're fighting, you're fighting, you're fighting, you're struggling. You're a soldier of Jesus Christ. Yes. And we're about to get into what all that entails. But you, first you need to recognize, I am at war. Yes. Now, I think if you're in here this morning and you've heard enough of this sermon, you recognize it now that you're at war. But so many Christians walk around like it's peacetime, like they're not at war. It is a time of war. It's not a time of peace. It's a time of war. This nation of America, as uh, we've uh, grown as 200 years, there's been times of war in this nation. And things change. You can't buy what you would regularly buy. You can't go do things you would regularly do. You're at war. Right, amen. amen. And there's prayer that goes on there. There's things that change in this nation. And there should be things that change in your life as a Christian when you recognize that you're at war. The second step you need to take is, if you're at war, the second step you need to take is, you recognize you're at war, Well, the second step is, you need to recognize, who's my enemy? Right. Who's my enemy? If I've got a war, and I'm in a war, I'm in a battle, well, you've got to recognize your enemies, Right you got to know who you're going to fire back at. <laughs> if somebody's firing at you, you got to, okay, now who's firing at me? Now I need to... So many Christians don't recognize their enemies. They don't know who, where the fire's coming from. It's like a sniper, and that's the way the devil works. As a sniper, you don't know where it's coming from. You're like, well, who's after me? What's going on? And sometimes they'll run back to the world thinking that the world's their friend, and the world's not your friend. Amen. Here's your three enemies. Please. Amen. First one is the devil. Obvious, right? The devil is your enemy. The second one is, and this is where some Christians get off the rails, the second one is the world. The world is your enemy. You're an enemy of the world. The world hates you, and it wants to destroy you, and you're in a war with the world. Your third enemy is one that a lot of people don't recognize, but it is an enemy, is yourself. And we just read that from verses 14 all the way down, verse 22. Paul t- tries to describe that there's something in me that's no good. There's something in me, in me, in me, in me. My flesh is no good. <laughs> and I have to battle that flesh. There's a Holy Spirit living in me, and there's a flesh over here, and they're warring against each other. And what I like to try to describe it as, is that this spiritual warfare, is that the this Holy Spirit is a lion. Of the tribe of Judah. Roar! And that the flesh is a dog. Just a sorry old dog. And you're here in the middle and you're feeding one or the other. Right? You've got food and you're feeding. You can only feed it one time. You're feeding one or the other. You're either going to feed the spirit. Feed the spirit. How do you feed the spirit? Well, that would be with the Bible, with praising Jesus Christ, with praying, with trying to live that the holy life, trying to live. That's pleasing the spirit. That's feeding the spirit. And the more you feed the spirit, the spirit, the lion's going to get stronger and stronger. But what happens is we, sometimes we get caught up and we're feeding the flesh. And oh man, that's good. Oh, that feels good to feed the flesh. Right. Oh man, that's the, that feels so good to feed the flesh, and the more you're feeding the flesh, the poor old lion over here he's starving and getting weaker and getting weaker and getting weaker, as you're making this dog stronger and stronger and stronger. <laughs> Just, yeah, that's yeah. But pay attention, brother. It's it's a that that dog that flesh. He wants to bite somebody. Yeah. Amen. Amen. That dog, man, he's aye yeah. He wants to bite somebody. He doesn't like anybody. And if you get near, yeah, yeah, and you, you go over there and you will pet that dog, and yeah. he'll bite your hand. And he's a sorry dog. And we do. We just keep feeding him. And the whole time, that lion is getting weaker and weaker and weaker. You got to recognize your enemies. It's the devil. It's the world, and it is yourself. I heard a preacher say, you want to know what's wrong with this church? Go look behind that door when you're walking out. And when you'd walk out the back of that church, you'd open up that door, and there was a mirror right there. (laughs) Amen. Yeah. The third step you need to take is, you recognize you're at war, amen. You recognize you have enemies. You recognize who those enemies are, the devil, the world, yourself. Well, the third step you need to take is, what you do in every war? Fight back. <laughs> you fight back. When they show up, you better get ready and you better get ready to fight. Amen. You're at war. You don't roll over and show your belly. You will die rolling over showing your belly. You will die if you give up. You will get destroyed if you don't fight back. You've got to fight back. <laughs> You've got to stand up and fight. And you got to fight the world. you got to fight the devil. And my friend, you're going to have to fight yourself. You're going to have to fight yourself. Listen, you need to fight, and you need to fight for yourself. You need to fight for your family. You need to fight for your country. You need to fight for your church. You need to fight for your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. There's a lot of things to fight for. You're not, you know, uh, if I was sitting around the house, and I was all by myself, and somebody come barging in their house and was trying to start trouble, I might be, you know, I might just kind of sneak out the back door if they don't see me and say well, adios. You know, I'm not, I'm not in the mood to fight. But if I'm in that house and they break in that house and my wife and my kids are in the back room, it's time to fight. I'm gonna get up and say, you know what? I can sneak out of here, but I've got to fight for them. I'm gonna put up a fight. I don't want nothing, I don't want you to get to them, guys. It's worth fighting for. It's worth fighting for. Fight so you'll be a better husband, be a better son, be a better friend, be a better citizen, be a better neighbor, be a better Christian. Just keep on fighting. It's worth fighting for. And sometimes as Christians, we get kind of down and we get kind of out and we're like, man, I don't, I'm, I'm so tired of fighting this flesh. I know you're growing weary, but it's worth fighting for. Because the, the, the devil, the world, and your flesh are not going to give up. They've got all the resources that this world can offer. They've got them all. They've got TV. They've got music. They've got the science. They've got knowledge. They've got philosophy. They've got movie stars. They've got books. They've got everything that goes for them, amen? The news media, everybody is for them, and everybody helps them. Nobody helps a Christian. We're on our own. But you can take the whole world and put them on this side. But when you got this one person named God on this side, you're on the right side. <laughs> Amen. It looks like we're outnumbered, but we're never outnumbered when you got God on your side. Amen. And that's the point you need to understand. Yeah, you're fighting, but you're not fighting alone. You're not fighting alone. There's other Christians in the fight with you. And if all the other Christians forsake you, you still got Jesus Christ fighting for you. We need to fight, we need to fight, we need to fight back. Turn to Romans chapter 13. Turn to Romans chapter 13. I can't encourage you enough. Sometimes it's easy to give up, man. You mess up, you, you screw up. I don't know any other way to put it. And you look back and you go, man, I, I'm t- I, I, I can't live it. <laughs> you just want to give up. And you say, I don't, I, I, I'm tired of messing up. I'm tired of embarrassing myself, embarrassing the family. Guys, don't give up. The Bible says a righteous man falleth down seven times, but gets back up again. So when you're in a fight, and me and Brother Ronnie have talked about this, I love to watch cage fighting. And I, can, I know some of y'all judge me for that. I just love to, see some, I love to see somebody else get punched in the face. I know, Brother, not cage fighting. I love to see people getting punched in the face. I just love a good fight. But you know what makes a good fight? Is when there's evenly matched. But whenever you see somebody get knocked down, and that person get back up again. There's something in me that stirs up when I see that. You see a guy get hit, and he falls down, but then he finds a way to get back up and keep fighting, man. You you can't help but root for somebody like that. Like, oh, come on, come on. You can do it, man. Get up, get up. But when you see somebody fall down, and they're in the corner, and they're like, I give up, I quit, I quit. Like Roberto Duran, no moss, no moss. He didn't want to go back out there. I give up. No moss. He was telling this corner, no more. As a Christian, that's not an option. As a Christian, you have no option to say no moss. <laughs> you gotta keep fighting. Look at verse 10. Romans chapter 13, verse 10. Love worketh no ill will to his neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. Paul had been talking about how. We can't keep the law. It's so hard to keep the law that you want to do this good, but you end up doing evil. And he's telling you some really good advice. Just love. If you can just find a way to love, that fulfills all the law. If you love somebody, you won't steal from them. If you love somebody, you won't commit adultery with them or against them. If you love somebody, you won't slander them. See how you can, if you can find a way to love, how that solves a lot of your sinful problems. Love worketh no ill will to his neighbor, therefore love is the fulfilling of the law. If you can find a way to love, that's a hard thing to do though, isn't it? Verse 11, and that knowing the time that now it is, excuse me, and that knowing the time that now it is high time to wake out of sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. It's getting time, Lord. It's getting time, according to the Lord and according to the Bible. It's getting time. It's getting high time to wake up. Amen. And start doing some things. Because our salvation is nearer than when we believed. Yes. See, some of us, uh, Sister Alice, she's believed for over how many years? Decades. When did you get saved, Sister Alice? Uh, I was saved when I was 15 years old. 15. And you're 86? Amen. I'm not going to do the math, but y'all get the idea. Her salvation is nearer than it is further than when she believed. In other words, her salvation is real close. Amen. And salvation for us is getting out of this sinful body. Amen. See, that's the full redemption. See, the Bible says that our body groaneth waiting to be redeemed. See, we're not fully redeemed. Our soul and spirit have been paid for, but we're still living in this body. And the Bible says this body's going to be shed off, and God's going to give us a new body. Amen? A new body that can't sin. See, we'll have that new body that we're living in that won't have that that, that fleshly Adam body. We get a second body likened unto the second Adam, Jesus Christ, that doesn't have sin in it. That's the full salvation. That's salvation that we want, and it's nearer now than when we first believed. We're getting closer and closer and closer to that. It's time, it's high time to wake out of sleep. That's why when I go street preaching, that's what I preach out there on the streets. A lot of times I'll say, Wake up, you slumbering Christians. Amen. They're slumbering. They're going about living in the world and they're not doing nothing for the Lord and they're basically asleep at the wheel. They're asleep down in the basement while the bombs are being dropped on the house. They're in a war and they're out there asleep. Amen. You're at war. Verse 12, the night is far spent, the day is at hand. See, we're living in the night time. But if you're following prophecy, and you're looking at what's going on in the world, you can see that the daytime's about to get here. You see it's starting to get, it always gets darkest before the dawn. And as the world gets darker and darker and darker, what that tells you is the dawn is getting closer and closer. That's when Jesus Christ will come back. Man, as a, as a light, as the sun rising. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness. That's the old flesh. And let us put on the armor of light. Amen. The armor of light. We need to put on the whole armor of God. Yep. Amen. And that's why I want to preach on next Sunday. Next Sunday I want to preach on the whole armor of God. And that'll be, that'll be next Sunday. I wanna, now, we know, now that we recognize that we're in a war and that we're fighting, I want to show you how to equip yourself in this war. And God doesn't leave us out high and dry. He shows us in Ephesians chapter 6 how to equip ourselves in this war. And it's called here the armor of light. See, he didn't say put on the apron. <laughs> He didn't say put on, some, uh, put on the PJs of light, did he? He didn't say put on some pajamas, put on an apron. He said put on some armor. You know what that speaks of, right? A fight, a war. You got some armor and you need to put that armor on. And next Sunday, Lord willing, and the Lord doesn't change my heart, we're going to look at the whole armor of God and how we can equip ourselves to defend ourselves against the devil in the world. I'm going to show you how to equip yourself to defend yourself against two enemies. Two of those three enemies. I'm going to show you that the two of those three enemies you can equip yourself by putting on the whole armor of God. And we'll preach that. Now this morning we found out that we're at war. We found out that our three enemies are the world, the devil, and ourselves. And we recognize that we must fight because we're at war. You know, I was reading this story of a Two young men, they were in World War I together, and they grew up together. They grew up in the same town, they grew up in the same neighborhood. They were best of friends growing up, and they happened to both get drafted into World War I, and they happened to both be at the same place at the same battle. And they both went off, and what they do, you know how they jump, they'd, they'd be in those, uh, what would you call those, those pits? What would they, the trenches, they'd be in the trenches, and they'd run over the trenches, and they'd run into what they called no man's land. And they were both in the, in, in the battle. They ran into no man's land. But one of the friends came back and the other one didn't. So the one friend said to, the, uh, to his commanding officer, let me go back and find my friend. I think he's still alive. And the commanding officer said, there's no way he's alive in no man's land. With all that war and the, I mean the fire and, the, and, and every, there's no way. Just leave it be. And he kept harassing and harassing his commanding officer. Please let me go. And finally he said, if you want to kill yourself, just go ahead, son. So the guy went off of the trenches and he went and he left. And he was gone for hours and hours. And as the, all the other soldiers were in that trench and they were watching, they seen that guy and here comes that guy back. This is a true story. And he had his friend on his shoulder. And he was carrying him and his body was limp. And the commanding officer, when he was coming up, he said, see, I told you it was a waste of time. Because he knew he was carrying that friend as, as was dead. And that friend who had his other friend, he said, no, sir, no, sir. And he had a gleam in his eyes. He said, no, sir, I wasn't too late. Because when I got there, my friend looked at me and he whispered, I knew you would come. I knew you would come. And then he passed out. And he saved his friend. Guys, you're not in this battle alone. You're not in this battle alone. Jesus Christ will be there with you. You have a friend in Jesus Christ. You might be laying on that battlefield. You might have been shot up. You might be full of holes. You might be bleeding out. But Jesus Christ will be there to pick you up and say, I'm here to get you. And you can tell Jesus, Jesus, I knew you would come. I knew you would come. You know, I found an old old Bible one time. I love love finding old Bibles at garage sales. And this old Bible, and I, I don't think I can find the verse. In this old Bible, uh, it was an old World War II Bible. And, and the guy had wrote in the Bible. And I wish I could find the verse, and I'm not sure where it is. But in that, in that Bible, uh, in Ezekiel. Let me find it real quick. But in that, in that old Bible, it was a World War II Bible. You know, in World War II, they would give out Bibles... And y'all have all heard the stories of, of people being in World War II and they would, uh, when they were in World War II, they would put that Bible in their pocket and a bullet would hit their Bible and save their life. There's so many stories like that where the Lord saved them through that, through that Bible. Yeah, 16.6, Ezekiel 16.6. Well, it's interesting. i never, never seen this verse before. But in that Bible, handwritten, in this World War II Bible, handwritten, in this Bible, was Ezekiel 16.6. And and I was like, Ezekiel 16.6, what is it? And I turned to Ezekiel 16.6, and this is what it said. And when I passed by thee, I saw thee polluted in thine own blood. I said unto thee, when thou wast in thy blood, live, yea, I said unto thee, when thou wast in thy blood, live. See, when, you, when you read a World War II Bible where a guy had that award and you can see a guy laying on, wounded on the battlefield, bleeding and he's claiming the verse of Ezekiel sixteen six. Lord, I know you'll come by and I know you'll let me live as I lay here and bleed. It's all about the war that we're in and I'm so thankful that we're on the winning side. Amen. Amen. <laughs> the Heavenly Father, Lord, if there's somebody in the sound of my voice that has never received Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, Father, I pray that you'd speak to the heart the truth. And Lord, they'll come down here and get saved, Father. Now, Lord, I know that most of these people in here are saved, and Father, I know that we're all in a battle. We're in the war, Lord God. And Father, maybe some of them are just realizing it for the first time that they're in a fight, and they need to learn to fight back, Lord. And Father, I pray that through the Holy Spirit, you'll give them the strength to fight back, Lord. And Lord, that we'll realize that we're not in a physical fight, We're not in anything we can punch, nothing we can physically punch with our fist or shoot with a gun or stab with a knife. Lord God, it's all spiritual. And when we step into the spiritual realm, Lord, we know it's all up to you to fight those fights for us, Lord. And Lord, we claim the precious blood of Jesus Christ, Lord. We claim the precious word of of you, Lord God, as we fight these fights, Father. And we thank you, Lord, that we can take your word and defend ourselves. And fathers, we'll go through the rest of this week, Lord. God, help us to fight those battles, Lord, and to fight the, the, the flesh, Lord, and to feed the spirit. And I'm praying all this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Hello, this is Pastor Keegan Hall of Indian Gap Baptist Church. Are you sick and tired of this world? Are you sick and tired of this life that you're living? Did you know that God has a free gift for you? It's the gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ. Have you ever received this gift? You know, a gift can be offered but not received. You can bow your head and ask Jesus right now to save you and give you his free gift of eternal life. Now, you might ask, how do I know he'll give me this free gift? Because I did the same thing because I bowed my head knowing I'm a sinner and asked him to save me. And he did. And I've never been the same. And this life with Jesus is a thousand times better than anything this world can offer me. Now we would love to hear from you if you want to contact us at indiangapbaptist.com. Until next time. All upon him.